Be kind. Rewind. This is Dope Nostalgia. Hey, it's episode 91 of Dope Nostalgia, and I'm your host, Naomi Carmack. My special guest today, his name is Kevin McInvale, and he is one of the members of online radio station, NK Airplay Radio. So he is a huge Mariah Carey fan. He has a wealth of knowledge about her and decided to get together with me and have a lovely chat about the history and legacy of Miss MC. Check it out. Wikipedia Moment. Mariah Carey is an American singer-songwriter, record producer, and actress. Known for her five-octave vocal range, melismatic singing style, and signature use of the whistle register, she is referred to as the Songbird Supreme and the Queen of Christmas. Carey rose to fame in 1990 with her debut album self-titled Mariah Carey. She was the first artist to have her first five singles reach number one on the Billboard Hot 100, from Vision of Love to Emotions. Her debut album was released under the guidance of Columbia Records executive Tommy Mottola, who married her three years later. Carrie achieved worldwide success with follow-up albums Music Box, Merry Christmas, and Daydream. These albums spawned some of her most successful singles, including Hero, Without You, All I Want for Christmas is You, Fantasy, Always Be My Baby, as well as One Sweet Day, which topped the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 Decade End Chart. After separating from Tommy Mottola, Carrie adopted a new image and incorporated more elements of hip-hop into her music with the release of Butterfly in 1997. Billboard named her the Artist of the Decade. While the World Music Awards honored her as the best-selling female pop artist of the millennium. After 11 consecutive years charting a U.S. number one single, Carrie parted ways with Columbia Records in 2001 and signed a $100 million recording contract with Virgin Records. However, following her highly publicized physical and emotional breakdown, as well as the critical and commercial failure of her film Glitter and the accompanying soundtrack, her contract was bought out for $28 million by Virgin and she signed with Island Records the following year. After a relatively unsuccessful period, she returned to the top of the music charts with The Emancipation of Mimi in 2005, which became the best-selling album in the U.S. and the world's second best-selling album of 2005. Its second single, We Belong Together, topped the U.S. Board, Billboard Hot 100 Decade End Chart, and her performance in the 2009 film Precious won her the Breakthrough Actress Performance Award at the Palm Springs International Film Festival. Carrie's subsequent ventures included serving as a judge on American Idol, starring in the documentary series Mariah's World, and appearing in the films The Butler, A Christmas Melody, and The Lego Batman Movie. And she just recently published her memoir in 2020 called The Meaning of Mariah Carey. With sales of over 200 million records worldwide, she's also one of the best-selling music artists of all time. She has 19 number one songs that have topped the Billboard Hot 100, and she holds the record for the most number one singles by a solo artist, a female songwriter, and a female producer. She is the highest certified female artist in the United States, with 68.5 million certified album units tying with Barbra Streisand. Wow, her legacy is just unreal. And it was wonderful to spend some time talking with one of her greatest fans. Welcome Kevin to the show.
Okay, Kevin, thank you so much for agreeing to do this episode with me today. I want to give the listeners a chance to know more about you and what you've been up to. You're a member of NK Airplay Radio, right? You're one of the, the host DJs there. I am. I'm one of the admins and um, one of the admins there and mm-hmm. previously was a DJ, um, mm-hmm. but with the pandemic and everything, um, work got really crazy and it's still crazy, but I have some pre-recorded shows that mm. I'm working on that I'm going to debut hopefully within the next week or so. And for people who haven't had a chance to listen to NK Airplay Radio, can you tell our listeners a little bit about it? Oh, yeah. In, um, NK Airplay started um, back in 2008, 2009, when the guys announced the reunion. Mm. Um, Way back. Oh, yeah. It started back then. Um, and it was it was huge. It was it was huge. It was a hit. Um I wasn't, I wasn't with the, um, I wasn't with NK Airplay when they first came out. Mm-hmm. Um, but when they, um, when they decided to do the reboot, or to come back, I should say, Jamie reached out to me and asked me would I be able, or if I would be interested, in, in coming on as a DJ and. That was right after the main event tour, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, nice. Yep. And so, and so for those who don't know, um, basically this is very, um, the radio station is centered new kids on the block. One of the few places that you can hear exclusive new kids on the block music, as well as other artists from that era. Right. Yep. Um, anything like eighties, nineties, early two thousands, but it's mainly new kids and associated artists. Um, mm-hmm. But we'll we play pretty much pretty much everything that nice. you can think of. Um, they do. We do gear more towards um, the boy band era and the associated artists. But you will hear like you'll hear like the Tiffany, the Debbie Gibson, the MC Hammer. You'll hear stuff from that genre as well right up our alley in those eras (laughs) yes yes Uh, this 90s centric (sighs) podcast i absolutely love being uh having this uh going because we get to talk to a lot of people like yourself um who are obviously dedicated fans to the styles of music from that era as well and you and i first started talking when i was doing an interview for nk airplay and you were expressing how much you love mariah yes I love Mariah. Huge Mariah fan. So who better to discuss Mariah Carey's career in the 90s with? Um, How did you start? How did you discover Mariah? Oh, well, that um, that is actually very interesting. Um, My aunt is only eight years older than I am. Um, Mm -hmm. So I was around, I think I was around five or six. I discovered New Kids in, I think it was 90. I think I was 90 or 91 when CoverGirl was released as a single. Mm-hmm. Um, my aunt had the cassette tapes and I used to go in her room while she was at school and listen to her music. Um, 
so she actually introduced me to new kids and she actually kind of introduced me to Mariah because she she liked Mariah stuff mm. back then and she had the music and everything and I remember hearing um I think it wasn't Vision of Love um I forget the song I forget the first Mariah song that I heard that when I was going through her music mm-hmm and was getting in trouble you know you know how it is with younger younger siblings or kids and teenagers they don't like you and their stuff Mm -hmm. and everything but um I liked what I heard then but then when emotions came out I don't even know my reaction I can't Mm -hmm. even I, I don't even know my reaction but something about it was just something about the artist that I loved. And I was like, I have to have, I have to have everything that she puts out. There's nobody, there's never been a voice like her from obviously the whistle register is one of the things that I think a lot of people discovered about her first. That was unique that not everybody was doing. Yes. Um, the only other artist that there's a couple of artists that has the whistle register, but mm-hmm. Mariah made it, Mariah made it known. Mariah made it what it is now. Um, like mm-hmm. Minnie Rippetson had the whistle register. Um, Shantae Moore has the whistle register. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, Candy Burris. Um, Minnie Rippetson, her daughter is Maya. Rudolph and uh, from, from SNL, the comedian. Uh Um, That's pretty cool uh, reference. Cause I remember that song loving you. That's where I've heard her use that whistle register. Yep. Yep. The la, 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 la. (laughs) And then the dootin, dootin, doo-doo and the high notes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember seeing something on South Park about that too. It was pretty awesome. (laughs) Oh Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Um, and then I believe, I believe Candy Burris from Escape has a whistle register. Um, oh, wow. And Christina Aguilera, if, uh, don't attack me for this, anyone that's listening. Um, <laughs> if you want to call it a whistle register, but I call it a screeching register. <laughs> You're not the first person to say that. Um, but I don't recall ever hearing her actually use a whistle tone. She, um, well, I've heard like a few clips where she'll do like the whistle. Okay. But when she's, when she's doing it live, it comes across more as she's screaming and screeching. <laughs> if that makes sense. It's, um, yeah. she is a performer, but I, and she can perform live. Mm-hmm. But I think she's mostly a studios, like a studios type singer, if that makes sense. I was always interested in that uh, whole master class thing that you've seen all these people, all these celebrities put out their master classes. They are always advertised on YouTube. Huh? Um, but she has one, and I'm really interested to see more about that. But I don't know if I want to cough up the money. <laughs> I, I know what you mean. I wonder if anybody has recorded any of that and put it on and put it on the internet anywhere. 
Oh, I'm sure it is. <laughs> that, that might be a way to, to detour around that, <laughs> that extra expense. Yeah, it's, it's very possible. Um, yeah, so like, like we were saying, like it's not commonly used the whistle register, but Mariah is the queen of it. Um, yes. And that was one of the first things that drew people to what she was doing because I guess it says in her Wikipedia that her first appearance... Well, she was singing, um, was it the anthem? Yes, it was the national anthem. Um, and NBA finals, 1990. Yep. America right Beautiful. At, yep. And right at the end of that, when the crowd went insane and gave her the standing ovation, the announcer says the palace has, or something along the lines of the palace has has a queen yeah and she was so young at the time wasn't she like 19 20 years old i think i i believe so um i believe she was 20 okay so here's another little interesting fact if you google if you google mariah's birthday Mm -hmm. it's gonna pop up 1970 okay but she was born in 69 Hmm, why Mar- is that? March 27th of 69. I don't know if it was an actual um, record label decision or if she wanted to make herself younger. Either way, either way, I'm fine with it because, I mean, she looks damn good to be 52. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, um, she looks incredible. Yeah. She first really does. I, the first time I discovered her was on the Arsenio Hall show where I happened to discover most of the things I was listening to at the time. Yep. Arsenio was the spot back in the day. Arsenio and Soul Train. Mm-hmm. I don't think we got Soul Train in Canada unless it was on certain cable stations, but we got Arsenio on our, on our regular, uh, you know, rabbit ears, whatever you want to call it. Yep. The rabbit ears. I remember those. Yep. What we had running before the, we got cable, but, um, yeah, I remember her coming on. Big deal about this girl. She's so pretty, beautiful, sounds amazing. She sings Vision of Love, hear the whistle tones and everything. I sat in front of that TV and remember saying, I wanted to do what she's doing. I want to be a singer. This girl is, after that, I followed everything she did. Went and got the CD as soon as I could. It was a cassette, actually, but you know. Yep, and, <laughs> a lot of my, and a lot of my memorabilia stuff that I have actually disappeared over the years so i'm actually trying to rebuild my collection with that um and it's hard to and it's hard to find a lot of this stuff mm-hmm. um oh i can imagine but like whenever i travel i'll find a record store and if they have anything i always look at the dates on it to see if it's mm-hmm. original to see when it was released and make sure it's not an actual cop a replica yeah. um and I'll buy it and ship it back home. The first album, the debut album, Mariah Carey, was very successful on the Billboard 200. It was at number one on the chart for 11 consecutive weeks. Yes. Um, then she cleaned up at the Grammy Awards, Best New Artist, Best Female Pop Vocal Performance. She just blew right up. She did. And then, well, we don't, we call it the grannies now. Um, <laughs> but she was actually snubbed like 
the first the first album she done amazing at the Grammys, but then she started getting snubbed at the Grammys. Like, I don't know. I know the Academy picks these. I know the Academy picks the choices. Mm-hmm. They need to change it. They need to let the people pick because there was during the daydream era, I believe it was 95, 95, 96 ish. Mm-hmm. Um, during the daydream era when um, she released one sweet day with boys to men. Yeah. You tell me how that song was the longest running number one in the U S received song of the decade. Mm-hmm. And you did not, and she did not win a single Grammy for that album. Wow. Yeah. That sounds kind of crazy for sure. I don't know about the idea of making the public vote for Grammys. Maybe as part of the, of the um, criteria because there's so many other award shows where the public does choose it. Yeah, that is, that is kind of, that is true. Um, But if it may be part of the criteria, like a section of it would be nice. Yeah, at least a section. um, And also another part of the section that should be implemented if it's not, Mm -hmm. they should go by units sold. Because let's be, let's be honest. Mariah Carey is the best-selling female artist of all time. Absolutely. It's it's been proven. Um, They actually just recently done an update also, and I believe her and Barbara Streisand are like neck and neck. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. But I think she's probably ahead of Barbara, as far as I know. Um, Our our listeners can correct me on that if I'm wrong. (laughs) I do believe believe she is ahead of Barbara. Um, and if you're and if we're going by stats in the hot 100 mariah is at the top and the only person she's at number two the only the only people or only person well slash group that she has to pass is the beatles Mm, so if she lord um i've been up i've been up a while so um my brain's a little rusty, but she has, I believe the Beatles have 20 number ones. And she has 19. I bet you oh, probably best charting female of all time. Absolutely. I'm just pulled up the Wikipedia stats on the list of best-selling music artists. The top female currently is Madonna. Madonna. Mm-hmm. Then Rihanna behind that and then Taylor and then Mariah and I was like how did that all happen that is interesting (laughs) I'm surprised if Taylor's ahead of Mariah to be honest very but that's a Wikipedia that's a Wikipedia and you know what I think she was and maybe up to a certain point it changed like maybe it could have been very recently you know that could uh, that's very possible um and and it also is this chart based on sale dollars or actual units sold that's another thing i think this one's based on sale dollars that's possible um that's very possible 
when it should go by units. I do believe it should go by units sold. Um, Mariah Carey has sold 182 million units, which is awesome. <laughs> but then you get somebody like, or the Rolling Stones, it says that they've sold 101.4 million units, but I know that Bon Jovi has sold more units than that. Uh-huh. For like, so, so they're not even on this list. That doesn't make any sense to me. Anyways, I'll get off the Wikipedia thing <laughs> because it could be very wrong. <laughs> okay, according to Billboard, and it doesn't tell me when <clears throat> it doesn't tell me when this was updated. Mm -hmm. But according to Billboard, Barbara Streisand is number one. Okay. Um, Taylor Swift is number two, and Mariah is number three. Wow. According to Billboard, um, and that is their that is their top 200 um, greatest of all time billboard 200 women artists. Okay. Yeah. That's amazing. That's some amazing I don't, stats. And I don't know how Taylor Swift beat Mariah at all. So quickly too, because her career is not even like, it's about a third of the length of Mariah's. Exactly. And Taylor is not legend status at all. I know I piss off a lot of people when I say this because I'm not a Taylor Swift fan at all. I, I think was an original Taylor, like an original, like the original Taylor Swift when she was crossing over into pop. Mm -hmm. But I don't, I don't care for her now. Um, mm. Only because of the way she snubbed um, Nicki Minaj and a couple of other people that she worked with. Oh, I wasn't aware about that. I think she's a good songwriter. I just don't really think like, I think she's got the voice of a demo singer, not, <laughs> not a star. That's, that's my thing. Like, I mean, good for her. Like she's got, it's not like her voice is annoying or displeasing. It's just, it can be, it can be some of, some of her songs are annoying. When I've seen her cover other artists songs, I'm like, she shouldn't be singing this exactly like um was it earth wind and fire celebration and rihanna, and rihanna by fleetwood mac when she covered that at some awards show i was like oh <laughs> i don't even know if i should put this part in the podcast but anyway i'm uh yeah i'm not the biggest fan of hers but she's over the years i've become more um into taylor like the last two albums she put out over the pandemic were really good actually all right. But yeah, more um, folklore. Yeah, I haven't I haven't listened to those. Yeah, I was I was impressed with it. You go from the very first album being so massive with the big singles, Vision of Love, Love Takes Time, Someday, one of my favorites is Someday. I don't want to cry. It's massive. She's got to do her sophomore solo up. This is the second effort and it always it makes or breaks your career if this album takes off or not. Yep. Right? So like you said, that was the album you were, you were all into emotions, right? Yes. Big album. Um, big album, big high notes. Mm -hmm. And yep. then I and discovered. That came out of yep. And then I discovered all in your mind from the first album and the high notes on that are, are yeah. immaculate. 
right at the tail end of the song when she's like riffing on those. That's crazy yes. good. Um, so she co-wrote. She a lot of people don't realize that Mariah writes a lot of what she puts out. Mariah has she works written, with other writers. Uh huh. Mariah and too. Yes, like that is one thing she rarely gets credit for. She doesn't get enough. She doesn't get enough credit for producing or writing. Mm-hmm. And um, forgive me if I'm wrong, um, Lambs, if you're listening to this. I believe mm. Mariah penned slash co-penned 17 of her number ones. I believe it. I believe it. Yep. And just imagine Vision of Love was on her demo that Brenda K. Starr gave Tommy Matola at that party when oh. when she introduced Tommy Matola or when she introduced Mariah to Tommy Matola. Brenda K. Starr was one of her heroes. Yes, like a lot of people don't know this. Um, well, they they would they would know if they followed her whole career and if they've mm. read the book. Mm. Mariah started off as a backup singer for Brenda K. Starr. Yeah, a lot of people wouldn't know that. Um, and like her beginnings from where she came from, her mother is an opera singer. Yep, Patricia. her mother. Yep, Miss Miss Pat Carey. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And for her, those who want to hear her sing, they can on Mariah's second Christmas album. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, come all ye faithful, Hallelujah chorus. Yeah, that's that's definitely where you can hear Mariah's mom. I don't know what their um, relationship is like. It's it's rocky from what I've been um, from what I've been reading, um, like from the book. And then some of the stuff that I've read on the internet, um, like, I think she loves her mother. Like, Mm -hmm. who doesn't? Mm -hmm. But I believe there's this line of, and I'm going to use one of her phrases, I believe there's this line of love. And then... And here's the Mariah phrase here. And then there's also the line of her being an ATM with a wig on. Mm. Um, Now, she does state in the book that she bought her mother her first house. Mm -hmm. um, When when she was married to Tommy and her career took off. Your love. I know you're lying, denying all of your actions. So listen up, cause here's my reaction. Here comes the night. No more 
lot of people don't realize that Mariah came from a very difficult upbringing and past, and she's had a lot of heartbreak in her life and people trying to hang off of her success. Now, with that being said, a lot, I don't want to get into the deep, dark stuff she's been through. You can get the book if you want to know more about that, right? Yep. But uh, I don't think people, people cast her off as a diva, which is something you and I had discussed earlier where, oh, Mariah Carey must be stuck up. It's actually quite contrary to belief um, because she had a short-lived reality show about her life, Mariah's World. Um, If you got to know Mariah Carey, she's very tongue-in-cheek. She can make fun of herself very easily. She laughs off at the diva thing, and it's actually something that's funny, and she uses it for humor purposes because she's actually quite a nice person. Yeah, and believe it or not, um, I'm not going to go – I can't go into details because I can't – I can't, um, well, I can't, I can state what happened. Um, I can't state who for personal, like personal reasons, because I don't know if they could get in trouble with their job or not. Mm -hmm. But I have a friend who, um, who, um, works for Department of Homeland Security. Mm -hmm. And what they do is border patrol mm. and what that entitles um they work for air they work for a major airport so they they basically do customs um they check people or they check people in that's coming in out of the country mm-hmm. i received a message um actually um last was it last month or this month it was it was recently it was recent like it's been within the past month um and we had and we were talking on the phone um and i was like if you ever check in if you ever see this name pop up you have to let me know and Hmm. and he said what name and i said mariah he said mariah carey i said yes <laughs> um, what kind of what kind of info are we looking for here um now being the an employee of the department of homeland security you cannot give out personal information no absolutely not i get that but I can give you the personal, I can give you all the personal information that I know. <laughs> and you can tell me legit, yes, if this is the, the actual best-selling female entertainer of all time, or if this is just a common Mariah Carey, mm. which I don't think there is a common Mariah Carey. Um, I, I literally... I couldn't text because I was at work. I called. I said, um, yeah, so this is who you should see. These are the main people you should see on on the um, on the list of the people. Mm-hmm. And this is the birth date, blah, 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 like I, like I told you earlier. If you Google it, it's going to say 70, but if we're going by government, it's 69, March 27, 1969. Mm. 
blah, blah, blah. But it was her. And I told, I told him straight up, I was like, get me a picture or a video, please. And he was like, I can't lose my job. And I was like, I'm just joking. I said, but you'll know if she's nice or not from the moment you step on the plane or, or you see her or whatever you do. Mm-hmm. He calls and said, he calls back and said that um, something about the flight was delayed because of um, some issues with um, with citizenship information. Oh, and I t- and I told him straight up. I said she. I said she. Does, you know who she is. She's internationally known. She does not need citizenship papers to get into this country. <laughs> you know who she is. Like point blank, like play play that with somebody else that you don't know. <laughs> I was like, but everybody knows who she is. Yeah, um, interesting. But he he called me back after um, he checked her in and everything. He was like, you were right. He said she was one of the nicest people I have ever had to check into the country. Wow. He said yeah. she was so nice. She so even she didn't apop- play that, that diva she, card, no. She didn't play the diva card at all. And he even said that she apologized because the plane was late. Aww. Like, who does that? Yeah, no, a lot of that's just all built up hype. It's not real. And I think that she has fun with that image, to be quite honest. Oh, she does. Like you've seen, you've seen her in concert, right? I have once. I was so far away, but I really loved the show. <laughs> she um, was actually on tour with um, Lionel Richie. Oh, the All the Hits tour. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So she. Um, okay, I like that tour. I really liked that tour. They to didn't an give extent, her enough. To an extent, but come on now, you sh- she should not have been opening for Lionel Richie. It should have been a co-headline show. It should have which- been a co-headline. There, she didn't even have her own screen. Like she didn't even have a video screen. She was like no. a little ant. I could hardly see her. I said, "This is Mariah Carey. You guys have this production all screwed up." <laughs> yes, like she had the graphics on the back of the screen, and I blame her management. Mm. I blame her manager Stella. Like that whole era was a train wreck. But hmm. at least it, it um, not on Mariah's part, but on management's part. Because hmm. that era could have easily turned into glitter, the glitter 2.0 era. Where True. she was, where she was mentally exhausted. That era oh, yeah, could we have very well turn into we glitter 2.0. We haven't even gone there yet. I know it's not technically in the 90s, but... Um... It was a very talked about time. It was right around 9-11 when all that was happening, too. It because was. She was trying to put out glitter, and it came out the day of. Yep, it was originally supposed to be released in August. Um, but then it got pushed back, and glitter was... And this is back when... And, I, and I'll tell you how I know the date. Uh, and the, or the exact date. Um, because back in the day, albums used to be released on Tuesday. That's right. 
And it was a Tuesday because the Glitter soundtrack was supposed to be released or it wasn't supposed to be released. It was released that day. Yep. The day that the attacks happened on the Trade Center and the Pentagon. Yep. And not trying to fast forward through the albums, but she, she will even tell you that era almost ruined her. Like she said, mm. she there were she was she wouldn't even talk about the glitter era. She wouldn't reference it or anything mm-hmm. until until recently. Um, it was after the all the hits tour, right before caution the album the caution album dropped. Mm-hmm. Um, the fans got together and glitter went to number one eighteen years later. Oh wow. And she incorporated um, the glit like a like a glitter moment in the tour. No way on the caution tour. So she's finally embraced it because of the fact that the fans did that for her. Yep, and now she finally owns she finally owns the masters to the glitter album. That is why it's available on streaming services now. I'm glad she was able to take that experience and flip it around into a positive one. I, for one, thought I loved the Glitter album. I thought it was a really good album. Yep, that album. A lot of her music was ahead of its time, but Glitter, it has this 70s, 80s throwback vibe to it. Mm-hmm. With the ninth, with the or 70s and 80s twist, but with the 90s style. Mm-hmm. Um, it has that vibe to it like that album was literally ahead of its time and for that album to do to do as horrible as it did she still had the best selling single of 2001 <laughs> Lover Boy was that Lover the one? Boy. and that's not even the original version of Lover Boy Oh, did that come out um, in rarities? It did. The original came out in rarities. Um, Which, for those who don't know, rarities came out last year as uh, a really cool retrospective on her B-sides and songs that weren't necessarily on albums. And uh, I re- listened to rarities and I actually remembered a few of the songs. Yep. I don't know how I'm, I had heard them before, but I just, as soon as I, I can't know for how I remembered them, but I did. So it's a good album. It's really cool that she put out something like that for, especially for the hardcore fans. Yep. And um, I know they said that it was called the rarities. Um, a lot of those songs are rare. You have to know about them to know where to cert or to, or know what to YouTube for, unless you're just randomly searching for her her music on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, okay, so I pray um, that's one of my favorite songs mm-hmm. that she's done, and um, she actually wrote that song during the Emancipation of Mimi era. Mm-hmm. She wrote that song for um for a child. His name was Paul Robinson. Um, he now he now goes by Lena. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and she actually um she actually in the liner notes of the album she put that in there um and she said this is for lena but we waited to hear her version of that song um because that little kid um wanna um won this um won this thing on oprah to record to record that song or to do a record blah 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 with a record label and that was and it just happened to be mariah wow yeah it's just happened to it's pretty big deal Mm. yep and um and we knew about paul robinson slash lena before this um because um he was on oprah um i believe it was make um i forget the name of it um but i know you can easily google it um easily google paul robinson and oprah Mm -hmm. you'll see um where he went on where he went on oprah um Mm -hmm. he performed hero and that song Ooh. um and then there's also video of him in the studio with Mariah, Randy Jackson, and Marianne Tatum's, which is one of Mariah's background singers. Hmm. She'd be a really cool person to talk to, hey? Yep. I'd love to, to get her on the show. Um, Lightning has been detected near your location. Oh, let me mute my phone. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Your phone tells you that? That's so cool. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, it'll tell you lightning has been detected. It'll also say that there's um, heavy precipitation in the area. It's it's insane. These phones are so <laughs> smart now. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go back to where we uh, left off after emotions because there was a time where a lot of people didn't realize that Mariah Carey didn't do tours. She didn't do many like you'd see her on TV all the time, but she didn't do tours because she actually had stage fright. Uh-huh. And a lot and it of people was pretty oh, bad. Yep. And a lot of people don't know this either. Um, when quote unquote, when most artists are supposed to go out on a tour, mm-hmm. she was already writing her second album. She was in the process mm-hmm. of writing the second album. And the same with the third album. Mm-hmm. She was doing she appearances. But that was it. No tours. That's why she had so much music coming out in the 90s because she was consistently recording and writing. Um, But because of that and the fact that she hadn't been touring, there was speculation that she couldn't perform live, which was Uh not the case at all. Um, And in order to put that to rest, she did the live show MTV Unplugged. Yep. And that became a video release that became a CD release and it was hugely successful. And she was able to prove to the naysayers that, look, I can sing and I'll do it live. Yep. And coming out of that show was one of her biggest charting hits. That was the cover of the Jackson's five. I'll be there. Which the trailer ends. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Trailer ends. And Trey's been with her throughout her career for a long time. Doesn't he tour with her too? He does. And Trey is one of the funniest people now this is crazy 
I haven't met Mariah mm -hmm. at all. I need to meet Mariah. Mm -hmm. um, but I've met Trey. Yeah. Plenty of times. I met Marianne Tatum. Mm. Plenty of times. I met Takitha Johnson. I met her about four times, I think. Takitha's mm -hmm. really sweet. Is she a, a background singer as well? Uh-huh. Okay. Um, a friend of mine used to sing backup for Mariah, Sherry Tatum, which is mm -hmm. Marianne Tatum's niece. Hmm. And also um, Melanie Daniels. Melanie Daniels originally was a backup singer for Mariah. And um, Melanie Daniels... Um, Melanie Daniels is kind of like the Lisa Fisher of background singers now. Mm. Um, and um, I don't know if a lot of people know who Lisa Fisher is, but Lisa Fisher used to sing backup for the Rolling Stones. Ooh, is she the one that sings that? Uh, it's just a shot away. <laughs> yes. Probably. Yeah, she used to do, it's just, a sh um, she used to do that song. And now, um, funny story, um, Sasha Allen is mm -hmm. doing that now. Okay. And, if, and, if, um, and for a lot of people who don't know who Sasha Allen is, um, I met Sasha through New Kids. Um, because Sasha used to date Rob Lewis. Oh, okay. For years. Um, and Rob Lewis, for those who don't know, is the musical director for the New Kids on the Block and many and, other artists. Yep. And Christina Aguilera. Mm -hmm. Yep. Rob has a pretty extensive resume. And Sasha yeah. was also on The Voice, the US, um, the US version of The Voice. Um, mm -hmm. She was on um, Team Shakira, if I'm not mistaken. Uh -huh. um, oh, and wow. Sasha also released a couple of stuff back in a couple of songs back in the day, um, which she'd done an amazing cover of If, if God Was One of Us. Mm -hmm. She'd done an amazing cover of that song. Hmm. And a lot of people don't know this. Well, I'll. If they're huge Mariah fans, they would know this, but Kelly Price and the Price sisters were some of the original backup singers for Mariah. Oh, okay. Along with Melanie Daniels. So if you ever, yep. So if you ever, if you ever see the black and white video version of All I Want for Christmas is You, Mm -hmm. The ladies that's in the back, one is Melanie Daniels, one is Kelly Price, and the others are Kelly Price's sisters. Wonderful. Or, like, I guess they're saying here that, although I didn't realize that at the time, that emotions didn't really do the same numbers that the debut album did, but it didn't do poorly either. Um but it kind of forced them to take her career towards a direction that was more adult contemporary. So when Music Box came out, I believe that was in 93, it's a lot more ballads on it. 
Yep, um, music box. Um, music box was 93. Mm-hmm. I think that is not um, the album with Hero on it. Yes, Hero is track number two, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. I think it's track number two. Let me... Um, Which became... It was the second single off the album, but it also became one of her biggest hits of all time. It's a song that's very much used in a lot of inspirational, uh, I don't know, videos and such. I remember in high school, I sang it at a cheerleading competition (laughs) because everybody, you know, I think it was used a lot in like inspiration for sports games and just all kinds of stuff, right? Yep. So, and believe it or not, Mariah was asked to write a song for this artist, and that artist was Gloria Stefan. Yeah, um, it was original. It was originally written for Gloria Stefan. I don't know what happened, but Mariah ended up keeping it. Mm-hmm. And for the longest, Mariah didn't like performing the song, but it became such a fan favorite. It's incorporated everywhere after these messages we'll be right back podcasting is so much fun but it's kind of expensive too we got to pay for stuff like licensing fees hosting fees long distance phone calls etc etc you get the drill okay well we have a new thing called patreon now, Dope Nostalgia has a Patreon account where you can subscribe to premium content. And what that means for you is for the very low starting price of $1 a month, you'll be able to get the podcast two days in advance of the regular release. Not only that, $3 a month, you get exclusive video content just for you guys to check out bonus stuff all the time that you don't get with the regular show. So check it out, patreon.com slash Dope Nostalgia. Become a subscriber today and get all the good perks. Hey, I'm Josh Rodriguez. And I'm Mike Zacchio. And we are the the new new pod pod on on the block. block. Every week, Mike and I will be breaking down our obsession with everything boy band culture. From bangers to bops to fashion and everything in between. If it's boy band related... We also want you to be a part of it. So call to our hotline and leave a voicemail for the show. 818-308-4084. Be sure to subscribe, give us five stars, and leave us a review. Follow me at Mike underscore Zacchio. And I'm Josh Rodriguez at Josh underscore Rodriguez underscore. You can follow New Pod on the Block on Instagram at New Pod on the Block. New Pod on the Block. Every week on your favorite podcast platform. You know when it's right You know when you feel it, baby You hold it, you hear it You taste it, it's right You got the right one, baby Unsurpassably callable and intimately soulful You got the right one, baby so as we were speaking, of course, about Music Box, and you, you were mentioning how great of an album it is. And there's a lot of songs on there that weren't singles that are great. Yep. There's um, Now That I Know. I love Never, that song. Yep. Never Forget You, Music Box, 
I've been thinking about you. Mm-hmm. And just to hold you once again, like this whole album could have literally been singles. Oh yeah, it's fantastic. Absolutely love it. I remember it was one of the, like the first, like I used to have this karaoke cassette machine back in the day in like 1994. And uh, um, this was, I got this full album on karaoke. So I was just so elated. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty sweet. Actually, there were tracks that were missing, but it was probably about five or six of the songs at least. Yeah, so over half the album, at least half, if not more than half. Mm-hmm. Because I know I remember now that I know wasn't on it, and neither was I've been thinking about you, which sucks because I love those songs. It was like the upbeat ones on the album, right? Yep. But yeah, um, man, yeah, like I throughout my teenage years, I pretty much Mariah Carey was a huge part of that. Like just anything to do with music that I wanted to do. I was always inspired by what she was doing. Um, I remember trying to sing like those whistle notes in my room and it was awful because I can't do it. <laughs> and just yep. being like annoying to my family. <laughs> those are hard. Those are definitely yeah. hard. So hard. Like, yeah, they're having there. You don't with that. <laughs> I think my voice is too much of uh, an alto to pull off the soprano type of thing. Because yep. like, like, what is her actual vocal range? I'm taking a look here to see if it uh, tells me. Uh, it's five octaves. Um, mm -hmm. It has rumored to be six, but it's a standard five for sure. Mm. Yeah, and not many people can pull that off at all. Mm -mm. Nope. And in emotions, she used more than four octaves on the track. Just, oh yeah, like in the bridge, just when she builds up into the whistle. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, she goes right from the bottom, right to the top. Um, now, when we were talking about MTV Unplugged, then we move into the next year in 1994 when Mariah becomes the queen of Christmas. Yep. Merry Christmas became a stand, a classical standard, mm -hmm. but it didn't become a classical standard in 94. Mm -mm. It would take it, a, it would take it a few years. Um, well, it would take it a little more than a few, but. It just gets bigger and bigger every year. It does. And um, after, um, We'll, we'll fast forward to 2019 mm -hmm. with this, but when Old Town Road beat out One Sweet Day for the longest running number one single, mm -hmm. the, the fans got together and were, and, and was like, she has to get a number one, another number one. Mm -hmm. And it hadn't been to number one yet, had it? It only hit number one on the on the holiday charts. Yeah. And back in 1994, holiday albums were not eligible to chart. Mm -mm. But what 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 better way to get justice for one sweet day the one sweet day record being broken mm -hmm. was 
for All I Want for Christmas is You to hit number one in 2019. I believe, I believe it was 2019. Yes, it was. And it continues to do so every December since. Yep. And it normally starts, it normally starts creeping up the chart right after Halloween. <laughs> and, by thanks, and by Thanksgiving, it's in the top three. I always see this meme I absolutely love where it's like at the end of Christmas, there's Mariah walking to the ocean or something like, <laughs> like at the end of Christmas, she returns to the ocean until next year. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> and, and rumor has it, there is a new Christmas song coming this year. Oh, cool. <clears throat> I mean, the second Christmas album that she put out in the 2000s, I think it was, I really liked it a lot. Um, oh, Santa was a really great single. Oh, yeah. Um, in 2010, mm -hmm. she released mm -hmm. that in 2010. And then for the Christmas special that she done with Apple TV, she redone it with Jennifer Hudson and Ariana Grande last yes. year. I wonder if either of those two could hit a, whist a whistle register. Ariana can. Um, her and Mariah actually hit a, hit a whistle note in the song. Oh. together like they harmonize on the whistle that's that would be really i gotta hear that i have not heard that yet um but yeah merry christmas that whole album start to finish it's the best 39 minutes and 31 seconds that you will ever hear anything of your life Mm. And that's sad. I know the length of the album. <laughs> I think it's great. By, by 1995, she started to take control of herself creatively um, because she had been marketed as adult contemporary and pop for the first phase there of her career. She started to lean towards hip hop and urban. She started working with a lot more rappers. Yep, and she got some pushback for it from the record label. Mm -hmm. Tommy didn't want her to quote unquote sound black. Right. And she was done with that. I mean, obviously, we're not going to get into the, the the horrible marriage with Tommy Matola. I think people yeah. know enough about that. But um, he wanted complete control of her in all aspects, and she needed to break away from that. Yep, and you can you can read and you can read about that in the Sing Sing chapter of mm -hmm. the Meaning of Mariah Carey, or you can get the audio book on Audible mm -hmm. and listen to the Sing Sing chapter and find out more about and find out more about Mariah living in hell. Mm -hmm. Like we said, she's been through a lot, and people don't always realize that there's they just think she's had all this success and they don't realize what she went through to get it um <clears throat> but yeah one sweet day was off of this album obviously one of the biggest singles she ever released always be my baby as well for some reason i thought that was earlier in her career but it wasn't mm -mm. yeah it was and always be my baby is one of my favorite mariah songs mm -hmm. me too and she brings like, the kids out on stage to perform it with her. I love that. Uh-huh. Um, Rocky and Monroe. Yep. Mm -hmm. 
And the leadoff single was Fantasy, which was the first one I think she ever collaborated with a rapper, ODB. Yep. And that, there's actually a funny story. I don't, I don't remember if she tells that in the book or not. I don't remember if she tells that in the book, but um, she reached out. She wanted to, she wanted to, um, she wanted to sing over the Wu-Tang track, Cream. Mm. She wanted to sing over the beat of that. Um, and Cream is an abbreviation for Cash Rules Everything Around Me. Mm-hmm. Um, but she wanted to go over that beat. Um, it wasn't cleared. I believe that. I believe that was the same error. I, Tommy said no. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. So she, somebody reached out to ODB, and ODB agreed to do it. Uh-huh. Now the video. She wanted him for the video. I heard the story and I don't remember where I heard it, but it's the most funny story. Um, In order for him to do the video, he had to have X amount of money and he had to go on the shopping. He had to go shopping. Hmm. They said, they said he went to, to the Louis Vuitton store and racked up. (laughs) <laughs> but hey i gotta give odb his props though mm-hmm. i mean how are you in a well-known rap group and you're getting food stamps your food stamp card is the your actual food stamp card is or your id is one of the main pictures on your album cover i give you props for that no kidding no kidding like dead serious like you can read about that <laughs> incredible i know uh <clears throat> here's something that a lot of people don't know and it's actually come to light very much recently during that era of the mid 90s mariah carey made an alternative rock album under the moniker chick yep people are just finding out about it in the last couple of years Yep, and her um, a friend of hers, Clarissa Dane, mm-hmm. was the lead singer of that group. Um, Clarissa Dane's is a, now a photographer. Um, and she actually lives in Florida, close. Well, she lives. Um, I say close. It's probably about forty five minutes from where some of my friends in Florida lives. So, and she's a photographer in in Southwest Florida or well, I'm not going to say Southwest cause it's not that far down. Um, but it's whatever you would consider Tampa, the Tampa area, mm-hmm. um, of Florida, she lives about 45 minutes from there and does photography. Okay which is pretty cool and also Mariah is supposed to um she was looking for her original demos that she done for Chick 
and she mm-hmm. was supposed to release she's supposed to release those and the chick album on streaming services hopefully hopefully i'm crossing my fingers for this hopefully that is released because i'm telling you when they found out mariah was on and mariah is on the album you can hear you can hear her on some of the songs but it's not the mariah that you're accustomed to hearing no this album was a release for her for stress because she needed to be angry and release it because her personal life was in turmoil at that time and the album cover for for someone's ugly daughter which is the name of the chick album Mm-hmm. there's a roach on it Tommy Matola sent her that picture from his hotel room because that roach was in his hotel room oh <laughs> yeah. Gross. yeah she she does she talks about that in the book and then I believe the lipstick the lipstick mark was her lips Mm-hmm. with the lipstick beside it really okay uh-huh and if you listen <laughs> if you listen to crave i think it's crave um hold up let me google this to make sure i'm telling you the right track um it's the one where she says i am vinegar and water mm-hmm. i want to say that's crave okay but that is her saying those lines in the song. Wow. not the it's not the queen of christmas it's not the Mm -hmm. mariah that we're accustomed to you can tell it's her if you know her voice Mm -hmm. um but you you can you can hear it like it's the mannerisms and the pronunciations that she says where she says certain things that you know is her i cannot wait to hear this thing um here's a quote from her I created an alter ego artist and her Ziggy Stardust-like spoof band. My character was a dark-haired, brooding goth girl, kind of like a version of Bianca, who shows up later as her alter ego in Heartbreaker or her enemy, right? Uh Uh-huh. So, yeah. She would do these uh, sessions after recording Daydream in the same studio every night, and they would help her as a release to channel her frustrations about her personal life yep um yeah wikipedia says mariah carey worked on someone's ugly daughter while recording her 1995 album daydream 
Carrie originally provided lead vocals until she was told by record label executives that the album could not be released in that form. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't want her to release it because they said it could damage her in her thriving career. As, um, as a compromise, Carrie enlisted friend, friend Clarissa Danes to provide lead vocals while leaving her own background vocals on the tracks. She was probably so sick of people telling her what to do at that point, hey? <laughs> yep, and that album was actually recorded at the Hit Factory in New York. Yep, where she was recording Daydream at the same time. Yep, and there's also a picture um, of Mariah where she looks goth. That oh, I'd is love to see that. from that era. I'd love to see that. <clears throat> yeah, you can hear Mariah on um, I don't think it's the okay, it's Demented. That is the Crave song. Oh, okay. And she actually talks about the the Caves or the Cave song. She actually talks about that um, in previous interviews. But Mm -hmm. the cave song is demented. I gotta find this thing. I don't, I it's not on Spotify yet. It's not, no, it is on YouTube though. Okay, that's where I gotta go. (laughs) I have to send you a link for that. Sounds good. I'm so looking forward to it. We're getting low on time, so I'm gonna move on to uh, Butterfly. Here's where her hip hop influences really start to show. Yes. And where she covers Prince's The Beautiful Ones, where Prince doesn't like people to cover his songs, but he gave Mariah his blessings. For that's this true. He, he doesn't really like his people covering. No, that's true. I think he talks smack about Jordan Knight covering him. I, I, which made I was, me angry. I was actually going to say, I wonder what his opinions on Jordan's version of I Can Never Take the Place of Your Man was. I think he didn't want it slowed down. It sounds better to me slowed down. I think it sounds way better slowed down. I when I I had not heard the Prince version when I heard Jordan Knight's version. So when I listened to it and I, I watched the video and everything, and I was like, I don't really like this song <laughs> when Prince did it. I hate to say it. It's not just because I'm a total Jordan fanatic, but it's honestly, I didn't like it as much as Jordan's. Yep, I, I do agree with you there. Um, but yeah, going back to Butterfly, um, mm-hmm. this album had some gems on it. And this is one of Mariah's most personal albums right here, because this is where she finally broke away from Tommy. Yes. That's where the song Butterfly came from. Um, Isn't that when she started using the butterfly as a symbol? Yes. Of her breaking free out of that cocoon? Uh-huh. And how many how many women are well let me rephrase that how many women of mariah's caliber do you know that can make a song about semen and they go to number one (laughs) i'm just saying honey oh my goodness people didn't realize that i didn't realize that until i saw it in a meme and i thought it was a joke i didn't realize that till years later actually listening to the song that what she was talking about. Amazing. 
and then there's the roof mm. which was written about someone and that was not Tommy Matola. that's so cool I love that song the roof uh-huh. Bone Thugs and Harmony oh breakdown that, that yeah is my it was a single it didn't do it didn't do as well as it should have um, I believe they should have pushed that single more as well as Melt Away from the Daydream album because mm-hmm. those both of those songs have number one potential. Um, and then there's Baby Doll. Mm-hmm. And Whenever You Call with Brian, Brian McKnight. Oh, I love that ballad. It's a good duet. Uh-huh. And then, and then Outside, that's like one of her most personal, that's one of her most personal songs ever. How mm-hmm. she's how she's looking from the outside in and she's feeling like an outcast outside they she started to change up stylistically with heading towards more of a breathy vocal especially in verses uh-huh. like she was still belts she still belts when she needs to and when it, the song calls for it but she was starting to experiment with that sound yep and then um, also, um, not changing the subject, but um, mm-hmm. you know, they somehow the studio acapella of Whitney's How Will I Know was mm-hmm. was leaked out. Mm-hmm. They, they leaked out the studio acapella of Butterfly. Oh, yeah. Which sounds amazing. So you'll have to check that out also. So... It just proves once again that she's the the level of talent she has as a vocalist is unreal. Yes. They didn't have to use much trickery on her voice. Not at all. Not like the JLo's. <laughs> yeah. whom, whom we don't know. So now we're at this point, this is what, 1997? We're starting to get close to the end of that decade. Um, she participated in the VH1 Divas Live in 1998, which was really uh, cool because she got to sing with one of her idols, Aretha Franklin, you know, Carol King also means uh-huh. a lot to her. Um, and it was kind of the lead up towards where we were talking about Glitter because Glitter was 2001. Um, she did do a song with the incomparable Whitney Houston for the Prince of Egypt soundtrack in 1998, which was When You Believe. What a gorgeous song. Yep. And it was also, that was the year number ones came out. Um, and, oh, yeah. and, and when you believe was added on to that. That's and, true. And in my opinion, when you believe should have went number one, because I mean, you have two of the biggest divas on one song. You have two of the biggest voices of the nineties mm-hmm. minus, minus Celine Dion you have two people that dominated the charts mm-hmm. in the 90s. It was just a huge meeting of the, you know, voices and it was so well done. It wasn't over the top. You'd expect it to be a bunch of runs and battle, vocal battles. It wasn't like that. They complemented each other very well. Very, very well. And, and there, towards- sh- there Sorry, should have... And in my opinion, I wish they had to work together again. I know. I think that 
that I don't know how well they knew each other before that. Um, they probably didn't. Probably just probably they just knew. through things said about each other through the press or something like that. Uh-huh. But I think they became legitimate friends. They did. Um, we, um, and a lot of other artists have said this about Whitney also. Like, she was genuine. If you were, if, and are we allowed to cuss? Yeah. Okay. If, if Whitney fucked with you, you were good. <laughs> like, because yeah. Wendy, I mean, shit, Wendy, edit that. Um, I don't know why <laughs> Wendy came out. Um, okay. Wendy Williams is another topic. Um, like, Whitney took Brandy under her wing, Monica under her wing, TLC, mm-hmm. like, these were people that Whitney was show was showing the ropes to and helping mm-hmm. them along the music, helping them with the music business. And like Mariah and Whitney, from what I've heard and from what I've seen, had a genuine friendship. Mm-hmm. That is that is rare for two of the two huge singers. Yeah. In the same era. There's a lot of people who said that Mariah throws shade like no other. Like when she referred to JLo as I don't know her. Mariah can throw <laughs> some shade. <laughs> but I don't think that ever happened with her and Whitney. I think that was a genuine friendship. None at all. And I will tell you, Mariah and Whitney together, mm-hmm. that I don't know her. There's a <laughs> meme. And this actually happened in an interview. Whitney said, yeah. I don't know her and neither does she. <laughs> like was that it also is, about JLo? I believe for um the Prince of Egypt. And okay. And that came up. And that's where that's from. Mm-hmm. Like it was the most hilarious thing ever. The look on her face when she's shaking her head after she says <laughs> it. It's just amazing. Well, we're gonna go yep. into the the last part of this episode, which would be the release in 1999 at the tail end of the year of Rainbow. Rainbow. I that's probably my favorite Mariah album. It's right up there. And I'll tell you, I this is this it. isn't a song on the album, but it's actually one of the one of the best interludes that I've ever heard. That you could she could have literally made this into a song, the Rainbow Interlude, track number 13. Mm-hmm. and then um ex-girlfriend with little kim i love ex-girlfriend well she has so many celebrities on this album too so many features jay-z on heartbreaker yep um, gave jay-z Usher. his first number one yes debrat missy elliott snoop um and joe of course and 98 degrees thank god i found you yep yeah i love that song and she worked with a like she this she wasn't with walter afanasiev on this one um she broke away from that partnership to do this album so she got to work with diane warren who is one of the best songwriters of all time most successful songwriters david foster i think jimmy jam and terry lewis are on here too Uh, i believe they um were I think they had a hand in Thank God I Found You. Mm-hmm. And that interlude you were talking about. 
Yep, the rainbow interlude. Yep. And um Teddy Riley worked on Crybaby. Yep. With Snoop. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then um if I'm not oh, and she also worked with um Mystical from No Limit on Did I Do That? Yes. I love Mystical. Yep. What happened um, to him? um he's um he's still well i think he went to jail but in is out now but um i know he's going on tour with um master p and no limit sweet um but not trying to backtrack but i think mariah cut ties with walter after the divorce because walter was on was signed with tommy ah okay so just she probably had still written songs with him going into Butterfly, uh huh. But but couldn't really continue to work with him anymore after that is my guess. Yeah, because it was like a conflict of interest because he started working with Celine and Walter mm-hmm. has Walter has an extensive resume. Yep. Like he's worked with a lot of legends. Like he's worked with New Kids. He's worked with Mariah. He's worked with. Oh God! I pulled I pulled his I pulled his resume stuff up. Kenny G, mm-hmm. like he has an extensive resume. Man, I wish. Wouldn't that be cool if Mariah ever worked with New Kids? I'd be so happy. <laughs> it would. Um, like I could see her doing something with Jordan. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, that would work. That would definitely work. Yep, I think their voices will complement each other. Mm-hmm. But we've reached the end of the decade. And the greatest part of this is there's 20 more years of Mariah's career after that that was extremely successful. I mean, obviously the downside, we talked about glitter already. But she rebounded with E equals MC squared. Yep, in her and the emancipation. Eight- yep. Uh, yeah, the emancipation was 2005 and E equals MC squared was 2008, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. So that was the emancipation of Mimi that was the the comeback. Yep. Or as in Mariah, is in Mariah's terms, don't call it a comeback. <laughs> exactly. She says she yeah. just took some time off because she literally released a, a album every year of the 90s. There was always something happening. She was one of the busiest artists ever. And she was going through so much. But she she gave us such a catalog of music during that decade that uh, solidifies her as a legend. Yep. I'm so I'm so glad you took this time today, Kevin, to uh, share your knowledge of her career and, and your fandom. Thank you. And thank you. And we yeah, we definitely need part two. Don't break down yet, it's over. Don't break down yet, it's
kids, put down that Tamagotchi and listen for a second. You know, you can follow us on Twitter at NostalgiaDope, Instagram at Dope underscore Nostalgia. Visit our website at www.dopenostalgia.com or pick up the phone and call us at 780-851-8785. This podcast is licensed by SoCan because we believe that artists should be paid for their work.